0: plushcare.com slash
1: When you're not running, rest and good quality sleep is so important and plays a vital role in your recovery. If you find that you're one of the many people who struggles to get a good night's sleep, then I have a podcast recommendation for you. Sleep Cove is hosted by trained hypnotherapist Christopher Fitton and has helped millions of people improve their sleep. Featuring relaxing sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help you de-stress and sleep well. Sleep Cove is available wherever you get your podcasts and at any time of night. Go on, give it a listen. Hello guys and welcome back to our last episode of Far This Season. I'm Amy Lane, and each week we talk about the wonderful world of running to chase those runners' highs. And everyone has a reason why they run. For this special season end episode, I've managed to get one of Instagram's fittest celebs on the phone. I've known today's guest for many years, and in that time, she's not been much of a runner. But when she recently gave herself the title of runner, I was all ears especially as her new fascination with this form of fitness is all part of finding confidence and comfort in her postpartum body, whilst also enjoying some brief moments of headspace as a new mum. In her words, she's learned not to punish herself, not to compare her journey to others. And by doing that, she's now in a good place. Let me introduce you to the lovely Millie McIntosh so we can hear how her role as mother helped her fall in love with running. Hi, Millie. Welcome to Welfare.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I can't believe how long it's been since I've actually seen you. Although I feel like I've seen you because I've been following all your new motherhood journey on so much on Instagram.
1: Likewise, I was trying to think back today about the first time we met. Yeah, and I think it was about coming up six, five, six years ago, and it was on your very first shoot for Women's Health. And I was just thinking about how much has changed since that time. Wow. So
2: much, so, so much. Was that the one in that amazing house, which had all these, it was all white, and then
1: inside it was really gold. Yeah, and then the one after that, we did it, we did the paper where you, it was almost like you were bursting through, and there was that dog. I love that. Which I tried to attach a camera to, to do behind the scenes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But then the
2: camera, the camera slipped (laughs) around and filmed his balls all day (laughs) instead.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so is, so much has happened since then. And so what I wanted to ask you first, I think, was, was motherhood always part of the plan for you?
2: Motherhood for me, yes, it definitely was something. I've always wanted to be a mum. I've got a really close relationship with my mum. I just remember growing up, I was really obsessed with babies. I've always just, yeah, loved kids and always pictured myself having a family.
1: Because I think that was maybe the life change that we didn't see coming so quickly after like you married Hugo and then you obviously had Sienna and it was just like you've become, you've really settled down and really settled into this new role really easily.
2: Thank you. I mean, it's definitely a roller coaster and as amazing as it is, it is also really hard and really, really tiring. And obviously combined with lockdown, that's been quite full on. But... Mm. You know, I'm I actually feel like it's all happened at the right time for me and I feel actually really lucky. It's a very weird thing to say, but I actually feel really lucky that I had a baby in lockdown because you had so much time with her. Because I've had so much time with her lots of different reasons. It's definitely yeah, having the family time that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Hugo's been around so I've had a lot more support and just yeah, have just so much time to bond with her. Without kind of distractions, I think being kind of stuck in, in one place and made to stay in one place has really showed me like what's right in front of me and what's so important, rather than these distractions and constantly being like, go, go, go in this place, that place, traveling all the time and rushing around and always on to the next thing. And actually, it's really taught me to appreciate like what I have in my life already.
1: That's really interesting because I think back to one of those first years when we met and we'd meet each other or we'd be in the same exercise class at like 6am, 6.30 in the morning. Rushing around. Yeah, rushing to those classes and then getting changed as fast as we could and I was rushing off to the office and you were rushing off to do shoots or other types of work and it was a life which was really manic.
2: Yeah, it was always, you know, how many things can you cram into one day and it's been a big adjustment I think obviously even without lockdown having starting family having a baby it is it is a big big adjustment and you are in a way almost locked down like I I don't know if you breastfed did I see that yeah I
1: did you know? yeah
2: it takes up a lot of time right like the first couple of months yes it's like you're you, you know you don't really have time to, to think to do anything else and I know a lot of women go back to work and they, they're still doing it or they're pumping at work Just think, they're amazing for doing it because it's it's really full on. Like I, I could barely string a sentence together, (laughs) constantly feeding and pumping, and it was it was full on. So in a way, I was kind of grateful to not be pulled in too many directions with too many visitors and things to do in those first few months, and just focused really on being at home with the baby and just figuring figuring it all out.
1: Because being pregnant and then having Sienna was obviously quite different to all the exercise and the fast paced stuff that you did before how did you find it mentally to be sat on a sofa and feeding because I know that I struggled a lot in the beginning and I kept thinking that right next week I'm going to get myself into a routine and I post on Instagram and be like I'm going to do this next week and then that week would come and like you've just said there was just no time like I was just there breastfeeding and there wasn't time for anything else did you find that tough? I did find it tough. I found breastfeeding and
2: exercise quite difficult because also my milk would really be affected when I exercised. Mm. So I'd have to dump after I exercised. It would almost like change colour and go quite watery. I don't know if you ever found that, but I found that quite annoying because I was having to kind of have extra milk from the freezer for that feed and I just felt very tired when I was breastfeeding as well and very hungry and very tired. And I really just felt like a lot of my energy is go- was going into making the milk. So I just was really gentle on myself and just, you know, really realized that my body was doing this incredible thing. Not only have I just given birth, grown a baby and given birth, but now it's like producing the food for your baby. It's, it's amazing what our bodies can do. So if I ever started to be frustrated that I wasn't doing more physical exercise I just had to kind of remind myself of the amazing job that my body was doing and not feel bad about watching selling sunset on my laptop in bed and having a rest because I felt like I needed it rather than trying to get a certain amount of steps in that day.
1: And how long was it before you went back to exercise? Do you remember?
2: I, I I started doing gentle bits at home from about eight weeks postpartum after I'd seen my obstetrician. But I also saw a women's health physio to just check everything, do an internal exam, and luckily everything was good. So she just really said, just like do your pelvic floor exercises. I had a C-section, but you've still like, carried the weight of the baby, and it still really mm. affects your pelvic floor as well. So yeah, I just started really just doing kind of Pilates, basic stuff, stretches. My body felt very tight and very stiff, and I'd lost a lot of kind of flexibility. And I just exercising early on. It felt really uncomfortable. It took my body quite a while to to get back into even doing those quite basic moves like squats and lunges and anything like that, which when I was pregnant, I had really bad pelvic pain. So anything that involved like my legs going going in different directions was really painful. It took me a while for things to loosen up. Even like walking was quite uncomfortable for a while. So I definitely feel like I eased into exercise really slowly and just had to listen to my body. It was like even early on I don't know how long it was for you but it took me about a week to leave the house after I had come home from the hospital mm. to go for that first, dreaded first walk and I think I went a little bit too far and I really didn't go far but the doctor said you know only go to like the end of the road and back and I was like no I just want to get some air I want to go a bit further and and it was quite painful and then I did end up bleeding a lot afterwards and being like okay I shouldn't have done that after a c-section I definitely felt like the even just yeah like walking like I had to kind of retrain my my core and everything how to to walk and I holding on to the pram I felt like helped because I had like something to kind of support me a little bit and I would wear a support band as well which would which helped me how, how did you find it after the birth?
1: So I spent so I was in hospital for the first week after having Huxley because oh he darling. had to stay in and I've never been so uncomfortable in my life. Did you have a c-section? No I had a vaginal birth but I had forceps so when I say I walked like John Wayne I'm not even joking it was horrendous but then so I kind of did quite a lot of recovery in hospital and then I came out and I thought I was superwoman because I suddenly felt fine. I was running up and down the stairs in my house. And then it was about after maybe about a week of thinking I could do everything. I then suddenly realised that actually my body has been through so much. And it just suddenly yeah. went, I'm sore, I'm tired. And it took me then a while to kind of build up my pram walk. So I was I was then really careful. I went out like you just said that you did, you know, that walk and then you bled lots and you learn. I learned from that week in my house and I was like, right, do 10 minutes. And then I gradually built it up to about an hour. Same. So then I would do like 20 minutes. And then, yes, slowly, slowly build up. So then through that, how did you become a runner? Because I know running hasn't always been your thing. You were so into your classes. (laughs) I've never really seen you out too much pounding the pavements or, you know. Yeah,
2: it's true. I've I've never been into running before. And it's something I've always just felt like I didn't identify with it. Like, I just really strongly felt like it's not for me. I'm not good at it. I'm not built for it. And I guess I just got my cardio fix before from doing spin classes because I could easily go to one or two a week. It's actually not something I did while I was pregnant. I tried doing it and it just didn't feel right. So I just didn't do it again. I thought I'd, I'd do it all the way through my pregnancy. And I just I found it like too hectic. I was I felt when I was pregnant, like hyper aware of my surroundings and it just felt like the wrong environment to be in. I mean, it's all down to lockdown, really, because of like not being, you know, we've been in these various lockdowns over the last year and I haven't been able to go to classes, but I've wanted to stay active and I've wanted to build back my fitness levels again, my cardio fitness, which is like generally my, tr- my overall training. And there's only so much you can do at home. Do you still crave
1: that kind of endorphin rush, sweaty feeling?
2: Yeah, it's not like that drenched in sweat, like I'm dying feeling that I've definitely not been craving that. It's just that, that light sweat, like, you know, you've got your heart going, your circulation going, just that endorphin rush, you feel good, you feel good mentally. And you just feel like you've done something good for your body. And it's such a nice start to your day. I'm trying to think what maybe my sister loves running. And I'm trying to think why, like when I kind of started doing it and actually started being like, I think I'm going to do this regularly. I'd say it was like the start of this year. I actually also would go on a couple of runs with a neighbor, which kind of helped me as well start mm-hmm. going because it was just having that other person like hold you accountable of you. We're going to cancel and they'd be like, come on, we're doing it. That, re- that really helped. And then I really liked the Nike running out because I like having someone in my ear. I like having, someone saying how far I've gone, how much further I've got to go. And I literally normally just do 5k and I've done a six and maybe it's almost a seven, but my comfortable run is, is a 5k. And I've actually really started to love it now that I've um, been doing it for a couple of months. But one thing I find quite frustrating is if I miss it and I don't do it for a week or two, I really feel like I've got worse and I have to like build back up. Is that like a normal thing?
1: Yeah, I think it's the same with everything, isn't it? Yeah. Any type of kind of intense cardio, if you have a couple of weeks off, that first run back always feels tough. But then by the second run, you're absolutely fine. Yeah. Do you find that you're easy on yourself when you go out on a run or do you find it do you find that you're quite mentally tough like do you g yourself up and say Millie you're doing you're doing really well like your own cheerleader or in those times when you have found it really tough are you the type of person that talks to yourself and you're like try harder or if you have to stop like why are you stopping I I think I'm quite hard on myself are you I set
2: myself like little goals while I'm doing it I run to a local park and then I and then I do two laps and go back and then that's exactly that that is exactly five k. So if I did three laps, it'd be exactly like six k. So that works quite well because I know the route and run really well. So then I'll just be like, okay, you've got to that point. now, just won't be long till you're kind of doing that loop again, and then you can start running home. And I kind of mentally talk to myself to get myself to keep going. I recently have, I've been struggling actually. I wanted to ask you about this a bit with getting a stitch while I run and so i used to be able to run it off i've had a couple recently that have literally meant i've had to like walk home and it's been really annoying because i wanted to get my my run done and then i've ended up just like kind of doing half a run and a bit of a walk which is better than nothing what do you have any tips the dreaded stitch like the things that have bothered me have been calf pain after which i know i really just need to foam roll and strengthen and strengthen okay yeah
1: calf raises Calf
2: raises. No, okay.
1: I need to do that. I need. I need to do homework. <laughs> that's what I was going to ask you about actually so like what are the things which you do in your week which you do because you know you have to do but you're not that into for your exercise like so for me I know that I if I don't do a really good warm-up before running I really pay for it afterwards and also I really struggle in those kind of that first 10 minutes of a run and so I force myself to do it is there anything which you have to force yourself to do well, one
2: thing that I've I've kind of worked on for the last few months is I have a trainer, and we just do like sessions over like Zoom or FaceTime, and she like you know makes a program and then like makes sure I'm like following it. And it's strength work. It's like you know, it's I have some weights at home, and and I know that it's so good for me, and and it's something I need to like constantly work on, like strengthening. But it's just for me, it's like doing a lot of leg work, and I it, I find it like I really have to grit my teeth and like get through it. I find it. Like stuff like lunges, squats, like just lunges are my worst. and I just find them like really uncomfortable, especially like or like a split squat. Like, oh, horrible. But I know, I know that I need to, I do know, I always try to do a good warm up and a stretch as well. Otherwise, like you said, it's so essential. The other day I stupidly did a 6K run and came back in feeling great. Got caught up in Sienna and breakfast and whatever else, and like completely forgot to stretch, just, just forgot. And I thought I'd got away with it. Next day, I was like, stretch. I was like, I feel fine. I must be such a pro that I don't even need to stretch. And then it was like that evening, it just like hit me, and I was like, oh, hobbling. And then I actually couldn't run for about a week because it was so sore. Oh, bless you. So, note to self always stretch but I I think that maybe I don't do a proper warm-up because my warm-up's normally just a very gentle jog is that does that really count or not really
1: so I would say if you did some activations beforehand you'd really notice that it with would like Im- a band or something yeah that would improve your running because do you find so one of the things which I find really helps with my warm-up is it really helps me get into the moment of my exercise so there's so much going on around me at the moment that yeah. I find that I've rushed from one thing to the next to the next and it's actually quite hard to be present so I find that actually by doing a warm-up I stop thinking about Huxley I stop thinking about what's going on in my house and all the things that I have to do it makes me go right I'm about to work out and then I really connect with what's going on. Do you struggle with like getting ready for a workout and having Sienna there and just having so much going on in your house?
2: Yeah, that's that. Honestly, is why like when I go out for a run and like shut the door behind me, I think I'm almost like excited to go for the run. Like I'm like cool. Like I just want to go. Like it's, it's just nice yeah. to to shut the door and you know headphones in, off you go, and just have that that time just to connect with yourself and just yeah, it's been it's been so good for my mental health, definitely.
1: Because it's such an adjustment, isn't it? Becoming a mum, this always on mentality, but in just a completely different way than what we're used to, I think.
2: It's so full on. I think the most full on part of it is that it's just relentless, like it doesn't stop. And, you know, you go through so many different phases and you feel like you're just mastering it and you're really getting into whatever it is, the routine or whatever phase you're going through and then it changes all over again and you just felt like you were handling it uh, that i that like just doesn't stop though apparently so we just just like <laughs> strap in and like you're just you know along for the ride uh, yeah hugo was joking that he feels like our house doesn't belong to us he's like it's sienna's home and she lets us live here so we can look after her
1: we sometimes refer to our son as the mini dictator yeah i fully get that (laughs) how old is he now he's so gorgeous he's seven months so he's i think he's three months behind sienna is she about 10
2: months yeah she's like 10 and a half months oh so okay so seven months is that like is that like sitting up no do you know
1: what's really embarrassing He's six months.
2: It's not embarrassing. Baby brain is an official thing. It's an actual thing. Honestly, I tried to put my coffee in the freezer the other day rather than the microwave to heat it up. So it's
1: okay. (laughs) Oh, God. It's
2: baby brain.
1: So how have you managed, Millie, in the past 10 and a half months to carve out time for yourself to be able to get out the house to run and to sit down and meditate? Because I think you're still meditating. I think I've seen your meditation streak still.
2: My meditation is only in bed before I go to sleep. So it's still, it's, it's, well, it's really not happening in the way it should. And I actually really want to start rebuilding it in by getting out of bed at 6am to do it before Sienna, before I get Sienna up. And that is actually manageable because now it's getting like lighter. I keep waking up really, really early anyway. And I just lie in bed thinking about my day anyway. So I need to just start getting up and going and like finding a place to do it. So I'm going to start building it back in. I listen to a calm, like on the calm app, sleep meditation actually Hugo started listening to it now as well we'll be like watching tv and he'll be like you going to bed soon and I'll be like yeah and he'll be like you're going to listen to the sleepy meditation thing and I'm like yeah it's like okay what time I'm coming <laughs> We I fly there and fall asleep to it it's like it's so nice you go into a really good sleep it's like a body scan and she just has such a calm voice and I'm normally asleep by the end of it And that's normally at like 9 p.m. Oh, I hear you. I'm all about the 9 p.m. bedtime. It's necessary. Like 10 p.m. Honestly, it feels like a really late night. (laughs) I feel like a bit of a loser, but you know, you've had a long day and you've got to do it all over again. But carving time out for myself, I mean, I've been really lucky that Hugo has been on furlough almost for a a year. So having him around has, has really, really helped and. I do use her nap times as well because when she's awake, I I do find it like more distracting and she really wants mummy at the moment and she wants to come and watch what I'm doing and it is distracting. So I often work out in the morning when she's gone
1: down for her first nap, which is at like nine. And you have it almost like as a non-negotiable in your day? Are you like... Right, the three things that need to happen today are X, Y, and Z.
2: Yeah, so I, I plan out like my weeks or the days that I'm gonna work and shoot content and do stuff like that. I have slot different things in my diary and then for my workouts I normally try to commit to doing like three strength training a week and then running kind of like twice a week. And then I try I do try and walk every day. But it doesn't, it doesn't always happen. I'd love to be, say I, I do my 10,000 steps every day, but it, just, it doesn't always happen. But if I've done some kind of exercise that day, then that's, that's ideal.
3: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
0: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss.
1: And did you feel a pressure to return back to being fit wellness, Millie, which we kind of knew and loved, or did you want to get back to you know being in your gym kit a lot and having that time in your week? I think you know I
2: just feel really good when I exercise, and it's something that I've made part of my life over the last ten years. And I just know that I function and feel my best when I have a really good balance of exercise and rest days, but exercise kind of ideally four or five times a week. And then like at least two good rest days. I know that's how I feel my best. So I have wanted to work back to being able to, to handle that. And I'm honestly so excited to start going back to classes as well. I like Cannot weight, so you know just be able to mix it up and have that kind of fun atmosphere, but yeah i've just i 'd say for me it 's definitely a balance of wanting to do it because it makes me it makes me feel good mentally, it makes me feel strong physically, and yeah, there is part of me also that has wanted to fit back into my clothes and i 'm not you know i don't think there's anything wrong with admitting that I really was very relaxed about what I was eating when I was pregnant, and I really enjoyed my food and <laughs> Sienna was perfectly healthy and looking back, like I really wouldn't change anything, but it, it has taken me kind of almost a year to like get back into my pre, pre-pregnancy clothes. But I've also been okay with that and I've really taken my time and not like done any drastic crash diets or anything unhealthy as a kind of punishment to my body. But I just think everyone's journey is so different. And I've just really tried not to compare myself to other women because our bodies are just all so different. And it is hard sometimes when some people do seem to just be straight back in their free baby jeans after six weeks. But everyone has got their own genetic makeup and reasons why their bodies are like able to do that or isn't able to do that. And I've kind of not punished myself and tried not to like beat myself up about it. And also just I've just been feel so appreciative of my body as well after seeing what it can do. And I just really have wanted to also exercise so I can feel good and be the best mother to Sienna. It's like you suddenly also have this other other reason to want to be like fit and active and able to pick them up off the floor and run around after them. And, and it's starting to get more physically demanding now that she's kind of 10 kg and constantly on the move trying to stand up. <laughs> She's so fast at crawling and I I think she's going to be walking soon. So that's going to be, yeah, even more demanding.
1: And do you feel that now you've got this precious life in front of you that you're shaping, that it's important to have this good relationship with like exercise and food for her? Like, has that come into your thought processes yet? Yeah,
2: definitely. Like, you know, she sees me when I'm exercising at home. She really is so interested to see what I'm doing and you can see that she'll start kind of trying to copy me soon. It's really, really cute. And I think it's really healthy for her to see me exercising as part of my day. And like it's like part of my lifestyle and like Hugo works out at home as well. So I think I think it's very healthy for her to see that her parents are active to teach her about Body positivity and body confidence, and bring her up loving food like I do, and cooking, and sharing that as well as a family experience. How have you found
1: that running has affected your mental health? Have you found that like you've got that runner's high? Have you found that it clears your head? Have you found that it's done nothing at all? Definitely,
2: (laughs) no, definitely. I I haven't come back from a run and felt worse you know, if anything, it's been a physical thing, like where I've brilliant. And even, you know, so I was like, I'd never run in the rain. And I have done a few runs in the rain. And it's it is something nice. It's not my favorite, obviously preferred, but sunny, but there's something nice about it. It's actually quite like liberating and freeing and just, just not caring, just I'm getting wet. So what? Like I'm running, it feels really refreshing. And You know, I just really enjoy hearing the birds. And I really like going, especially on like a weekend when it's like, 8am maybe it's and in London it's quite quiet The parks pretty much empty you hardly see a soul I really like that I think actually is I was actually considering is it gets lighter earlier starting to run before Sienna wakes up and running at like 6am
1: and do you feel safe running in London? Cuz we're recording this podcast in, you know, sadly after Sarah's murder and so the safety of women when out by ourselves is such a big topic and also something which I think so many of us are now speaking about. Yeah. So would you do you feel safe going out running in London by yourself?
2: I I do feel safe. I probably wouldn't there's certain streets I wouldn't want to run down in the dark on my own. I wouldn't want to run in the park after dark and I've only I guess when it was in the winter I would wait actually till it was like kind of at least semi-light before I would go out but there's often other people around and you know I live in a close to like a busy area and how how did you find it when you lived in London?
1: So I started using the Strava beacon a couple of years ago which is a, a thing on Strava when you go off on a run you can set it to alert somebody and so they can track you where you are and so my husband always had that although sometimes he'd decline the beacon (laughs) invitation which wasn't always the best (laughs) thanks I'm like oh thanks Ted so I use that and then now I've got I have actually got a panic alarm because we live by some fields and I used to feel quite safe over there in the fields and then when I got heavily pregnant and I started going around those fields, I just didn't feel that safe by myself and maybe it was because it was like a protection thing with my baby or maybe it's because I was running so slowly and so I did get like a small panic alarm while my mum bought it for me and now I have that on me at all times and I actually feel much safer and is it like how how do you wear it so I tuck it in the top of my bra and then all you do is you pull the little cord out it's like a cord pin okay. and it sets off off an alarm that, yeah that's a really good idea actually that I think I'll get
2: one as well just so you just it's just for peace of
1: mind isn't it must spend a lot of time cooking from what I see on the old gram if you make cakes you make lovely dinners you're (laughs) I think we're all quite bored of our own cooking (laughs) yeah I hear you (laughs) I think no
2: matter how much any of us are like into cooking I have got quite bored of it some days I literally feel like I haven't left the kitchen I don't know but I don't know about you but now we're doing weaning as well and it's preparing Sienna's food feeding her cleaning it up and then you've got to do it for yourself or like your partner as well it's non-stop days I'm literally like I'm just sick of seeing my kitchen and I, I love my kitchen but I get really sick of it how's it been for you
1: so I'm quite bored of ordering the same food on a cardo and yeah, yeah. cooking the same things but then at the same time I'm struggling you you've obviously found this motivation to cook new recipes whereas I'm just at the point where I'm so bored of it that I actually can't seem to find more energy to put into it to make it more interesting. So we just seem to be eating the same thing. So I've actually started doing a recipe box. We're starting this week. No, we do do that too. It's such a good thing to do in lockdown. Yeah. So and I want to get back into really enjoying my healthy food again and then, you know, having enough time to then go out and run and those type of things, because otherwise I find that when I become unmotivated, it actually just then goes into all areas of my life and I end up not really doing too much with my day. So for me, if I can get up, if I run, if I come back and if I have healthy food there, it just helps me make better choices throughout the whole day. I agree. I do think actually feeling
2: I really started doing this at the beginning of the year. I actually really cut sugar out of my diet and just decided that, say, you know, I wanted to just make a few healthier choices and having just really healthy food in the house, it is actually a lot easier to eat in a more healthy way than if you're going out to restaurants a couple of times a week, because there's like all these
1: other choices. Yeah. <laughs> can we talk about your morning routine? So I asked people what they'd love to know about Millie and I had a lot of messages asking, A, how you're fitting it all in around Sienna, And I think when, they, when people say fitting it all in, it's the cooking, it's the exercising, it's the mothering. And B, it was your morning routine. And what do you do to make the time in your day so you can do an AM workout?
2: So... My morning starts with, um, Sienna is my alarm clock. A few people have asked me, what time do you set your alarm? I'm like, sorry, which new parents have an alarm? Like, What is an alarm? (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember the last time I used an alarm to wake up. But no, in saying that, Sienna doesn't normally wake me up crying or anything. Sienna's been going through a phase of like crying at like, five but I, I don't need to like go in she's just she just cries for literally a couple of seconds and then she often ch- chats to herself for a bit and then she goes back to sleep until seven so I try to go back to sleep as well but sometimes it's just not possible and I just like lie there tossing and turning which is really been I mean making me feel quite overtired recently but I try not to actually get up till about six six thirty I go downstairs and kind of get prepared for my day so have a shot of Simprove. and then i will prepare sienna's breakfast she normally has like a porridge kind of maybe sometimes i sit and do a couple of emails and go through a few to do lists and just get organized if i've got content going up that morning whatever i just kind of maybe do like 10 15 minutes of that then i go and get sienna up get her dressed bring her downstairs play with her give her breakfast have a like a smoothie like maybe a like protein shake depends if I'm going to go for a run I might just have a coffee if I am going to do like any strengths just to have a, a shake just with some protein um, and some oats maybe a little bit of nut butter and some ice a bit of almond milk so I like, blend that have that then give her a bottle and play with her a bit more put her down to sleep maybe about quarter to nine and then exercise at nine while she's asleep but I don't know what I'm going to do when she starts not having a morning nap so <laughs> Yeah, otherwise means you go like take turns and say, okay, like what are you doing today? What time? Okay, can I work out then? And we'll like, we'll like schedule it in with each other a few days before. So we do that. And on the weekend, one of us has a lie in one morning and then we like take it in turns. And then the other one like gets up with her. But it's a a juggling act for sure. I love how organized you are. Yeah, you have to be really organized. And Sienna's also in a really, I don't want to say strict because it sounds like the wrong word, but like she's in a very structured routine definitely I'm a kind of like a routine loving person and having her in a routine is something that has suited us and I and I really think you see such a difference in her behavior and mood when she's had her naps and you know eaten at her, the times that she knows and she sleeps through the night when she follows the routine so um, but it you know it doesn't always like will happen and, and slot into place and yeah have had some help from parents as well, obviously, with support bubbles, which I feel very lucky that we've been able to have as well. but what about what about you? How do you manage it?
1: well, so i've I've had some very good weeks and some not so good weeks, and it does all depend on how well Huxley's napping yeah if the na- if the naps don't happen, your day is just a nightmare, yeah, and I very much went for a routine like you so that I had felt like I had more time in my day for me or I knew when there was going to be time in my day for me because I think I didn't really do that in the early weeks and I'm not saying like at one or two weeks I could have put him in a routine but I didn't start until he was a couple of months old same and I was just feeling quite overwhelmed By the constant feeding and the not knowing when he was going to nap and those type of things. And so I almost organized his day like Sienna's. So since then, I found that I have had more time for myself and also more headspace for myself. And so I find that normally I will wake up and if I'm going to do some exercise, I'm, I'm lucky my husband doesn't start until kind of nine or 10, where he's not commuting at the moment, he's commuting downstairs to our office. I literally feed Huxley, hand him over, and then I have an hour to work out get showered get myself together and take the baby back again and so on those days it works out really well if that isn't happening and I have to work out when Huxley's in a nap then I only get like 20 minutes to work out because his naps are so short
2: well that's really tough does he at that stage where will he have 20 minutes and then wake up and then have another 20 minutes
1: well so sometimes he rolls things together and actually touch wood he's going to stay doing what he's doing. And so he has been doing more like he naps for about half an hour, then he wakes up for 10 minutes and then he puts himself back to sleep for yeah. 40 in nap one. When he does that, I've got loads of time. Yeah, they they do they start
2: knitting together. Trust me, when Sienna had her first 2-hour morning nap, I literally didn't know what to do with myself. Because when they're tiny, like I don't know with you, but Sienna slept, they sleep all the time when they're tiny. And then suddenly I was like, where are these naps that like, going? They're just like not happening. And then it was when she was about four months, we got her into a proper routine. We did sleep training and it was just it's so different. Exactly. Like what you said, it's having that, that headspace and that time for yourself. And you're right until you have a routine, you really just don't have that at all. And it is, it's really draining and it's really difficult to do anything healthy for yourself. Like have the time to exercise, just or just any time, just to do anything for you, and then mix that in with trying to work from home as well. And yeah, it's really hard. And I've been working from home since Sienna was less than two months old. So did you did you take any kind of maternity? I took some time before she was born. I'd say the last kind of two months, and then at least the first month after she was born. She was born. I didn't do anything and then I slowly started doing little bits and bobs just being able to you know work from home and um, I've slowly worked up to a point which I feel comfortable with and I definitely feel like I'm kind of you know balancing like being a mum first and foremost with like working part-time from home I can have quieter weeks and then suddenly like it gets quite busy and then it goes quieter again and it it's not always consistently the same.
1: And so looking forward to the rest of this year and hopefully we are going to come out of lockdown. Do you have any big goals for 2021, either personal or professional or a running goal?
2: Well, actually a running goal I wanted to talk to you about was... Oh, hit me. I really want to work up to 10k. So what would
1: your tips be from where I am now? So are you are you running on a plan? Or are you just going out and running the the same kind of route every week. To say I just do the same kind of route, either 5k or 6k. What you probably need to do is just progress that a little bit further each time you go out, but only be doing that once a week. And then if you, did you say you're running three times a week?
2: I was running three times a week. It's probably more like two at the moment. Yeah, it depends a bit on the weather. I have to say I'm not so great at going in the rain.
1: <laughs> so you could do one session where you progress your distance by... each week and you could do another one which you turn more into a speed session. Okay. Have you done any speed work before? I tried to do my first tempo run
2: recently and I was it's it's really hard. It's like, okay, but I don't have anything to compare it to because I'm such a beginner.
1: Only compare it to yourself. So what you want to do is go out and run your normal route tomorrow. I'm gonna message you and see whether you do it. So go out and run your normal route. Don't look at a clock or anything. Get Hugo to start a timer when you leave the house and get him to stop it when you come back in the house. You've got no idea how you're pacing, just run at your normal pace and then do that again in a month once you've done some speed work and see whether you can try and progress your distance a bit and see how fast you've improved. That's my challenge for you.
2: Okay, thank you. I feel like I need a challenge, I need something to
1: to focus on to build towards
2: i just i'd really like to get to a point with running where i can i can do like a 10k run like every week that i think that's like a good goal i know it's so personal but what's your kind of like what's your favorite running distance when you go for a run is yours distance based is it how do you what's your favorite personally that you love to do
1: So pre-pregnancy and having a baby, my favourite distance, which I would just go out and run most weeks, it was around kind of like 8k. I like running for like 45 minutes. I find that you can get yourself into a really good headspace when you go out and you run for that amount of time. And it meant that I used to run in London before I moved out and you could just run to a really nice park, do a big lap and get home. And for me, that felt really manageable. If I was going to do a race, my favorite distance is probably a 10k when I've got a good fitness level because I like going fast and I think at a 10k it's that perfect blend of endurance and speed. Yeah. I've run a few marathons and I don't I don't think I've got another one in me. I can't imagine just running for that long. Like it just just must be so
2: uncomfortable. I think it was amazing. I just, the mental strength to do it must, be, I mean, I just don't think I've got it in me at all.
1: I'm going to finish this podcast by asking you, what's your reason for running? Ooh, what is your reason for running? I would just
2: honestly say it's, it feels like it's part of, it's one of the things that I do for myself and I, and it makes me feel good. I'd say just as much mentally as physically. So it's just definitely part of my kind of wellness overall like it's it's been really important for me and it's something that I've taken from lockdown that lockdown has pushed me to do it um I didn't enjoy it at first felt a bit like a chore and then I actually started really enjoying it and I think I'm definitely going to keep doing it even when I start going back to classes so um, I'm really I'm really glad that I've discovered a love for it brilliant and you can do you can do it anywhere and you know I love that like no matter like if you are when things do open up again and if you are travelling, like you can do, you can do it any, anywhere and it's such a good way to to actually go out and be in
1: nature as well, which I really love. Maybe what we'll do is I'll come to your house, drop Huxley off, <laughs> Hugo can have both of them, we'll run to wine. That is such a good idea, I'm so up for that. <laughs> oh, Millie, it's been so nice chatting to
2: you. <laughs> there's so I could just chat to you, there's so many more mummy things that I want to chat to you about. I have there's so many... And honestly, you really feel like you're like nailing being a mummy. Oh, back at you. Thank you so much. You too, darling. Thank you so much.
1: And that brings this season to a close. Thank you so much for your support and subscribing to the podcast. This season really has been.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable.
1: one of my favourite, not least because so many of you got involved in the Wellfar Strava Club and also supported each other from afar on Instagram using the hashtag Wellfar. As I mentioned in an earlier update, I'm now taking an extended break to work on my fitness, both mental and physical, whilst also getting used to my biggest role yet as mum. Enjoy the spring and summer and if Parkrun opens up and you see me there, do come and say hi, Until then, though, keep going well far.